0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is George Kernick. I'm going to be with you for the next hour. Um, uh, let me tell you a little bit myself, and then I'll let Peter Pedrosa, who's with me, Father Peter Pedrosa, introduce himself. Uh, my name is George Kernick. I'm a parishioner at uh, the Cathedral of Christ the King. Um, I've been married for 30 years to my college sweetheart, Denise. Um, I have five children. The oldest is Nancy. Hopefully Nancy's listening. She's been married for about a year to Clark O'Kelly. And then my second daughter, Courtney, was born on St. Patrick's Day and is engaged to Connor Callahan. So we've got a little bit of an Irish theme in my family. And then my daughter, Laura, who is sort of the Catholic intellectual in our family. My son, Tripp, who is a senior at UGA and is going to be a Marine officer after he graduates, and then my youngest son, Jack, who is a freshman at UGA. So I myself am also a proud Marine Corps veteran. I make my living as a lawyer, but my vocation is really just getting my family to heaven. So it's easier said than done. But uh Father, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Hi, George. Hi, everyone at home. I'm Father Peter Pedrosa and serve the archdiocese of atlanta and originally from colombia and my home parish now is saint judy apostle in sandy springs and i'm so happy to be here today sharing this moment with you george great thank you father i'm
0: looking forward to it too i've enjoyed getting ready for this with you um let's take a minute here i just wanted to since we're this is the spring pledge drive i wanted to give the the number and the email uh, so that you can reach out, maybe if if Catholic Radio is something you want to support, if particularly you're going to be hearing about today, where we to talk about vocations, if if you want to have a Catholic Radio out there so that young men and and others can be listening to maybe potential uh, priests in the future, we'd love your support. And I know, and part of the reason I went through my biography is I know uh, Catholic Radio is important to me and my family to help us become better Catholics every day. But the phone number, if you want to pledge, is 470-508-1160. And then the website where you can make a pledge to is thequestatlanta.com. So we'd love, if you could, uh, to consider uh, giving money and support of this fantastic mission here. Um, Father, would you mind opening this up here in prayer? Um Before we start our conversation.
1: Well, let's start in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, because you give us the opportunity to reach out to your people. And thank you for uh, this moment, uh, for this mission, for this uh, media that allowed your message to reach more and more people, sending out the message of love, mercy, bringing us together as your people, may we continue to get nourished by your word so that we may work together in the building of your kingdom, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Rachel, would this be a good time to maybe give some updates to our listeners?
2: It would indeed. Um, so, last hour we had on Jeff and Jamie Grabener, and um, right as they started praying, a couple more donors popped in. So, I want to start off by giving a thank you to these donors. Thank you to Jamie's mom, Kathleen P. from Thousand Oaks, California, a monthly donor. Thank you so much, Kathleen. And the Soda family from Fort Worth, Texas, in honor of the Grabeners and their message on adoration. Thank you to Denise P. Um, and thank you to Linda N from Chicago in honor of Jeff and Jamie. Linda is from Catholic uh, Theological University in Chicago. Um, thank you also to Brad F and Marietta. God bless the quest and the Grebners. Oh, this is, a, the, this is a monthly donor. actually, um, it looks like Brad F has become a, st- let's see, a station guardian. Yeah. So a station guardian is somebody who donates a hundred dollars or more per month. So thank you so much. And you know what? Um, we ring a bell for our station guardians. Would you mind ringing that yellow bell right there?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Fantastic. That's great.
2: And then we also have Caitlin G from Alpharetta for the cousins. And it looks like Joe and Kelly G. Um, so thank you guys all so much for your donations. Now on to this hour. Um, I think, why don't we set our goal at 20 donors this hour? Does that sound good?
0: That sounds great. That's
1: great. And
2: we do have matching money this hour. So thank you so much to Jerry T, who has offered to match the first $2,000 for the 10 a.m. hour. Wow. So that number again. What is that number again?
0: Uh, That number is... 470. 470 470-508-1160. 470-508-1160 or thequestatlanta.com thank you really appreciate it and just think about there's just two two pledge drives um uh, during the year and that allows the continuation and the great programming for this station so we uh we really could ap- really appreciate the support and um, anything that you can do there's different ways that you can give uh you can give on a monthly basis you can give a a one time donation Whatever is in your heart and you know, in your bank account that you can do would be, would be greatly appreciated. I, I think those who are listening know particularly how helpful the station has been during the pandemic, making you know, Catholic teaching, prayer, programming available to us. So um, what I'd like to do, Father Peter, is kind of talk a little bit about your journey towards the priesthood. Um, but what I wanted to do was start off, if we could, with the end goal of the vocation. Talk about a little about, about what you're doing now, and then we'll go back to how you
1: realized that you were,
0: you were called to be a priest. So can you t- tell our listeners what you're doing right now?
1: Well, right now I'm serving at uh, St. Jude the Apostle in St. Jude, I'm mainly working with the Hispanic community, but I work with the entire congregation. But mainly with the Hispanics, trying to work with them in the spiritual journey and to be with them, uh, you know, to serve them. This is our mission, to serve our people, the people of God in all aspects. And how how large of a, of a Hispanic
0: uh, community are you serving right now over at St. Jude? How? Yeah, how large is the community that you're oh, providing? we're
1: serving for about 300 families. Wow, okay. Yes. Um, if you would, tell me what you enjoy most about being a priest. Being there with the people. Mm-hmm. I think that it is important to accompany them in, in their journeys and uh, spiritual journeys and also all different journeys that they may uh, walk. I think that uh, and our mission uh, goes beyond the walls of the 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 structure of the building it goes beyond that it goes to different areas because it's being there for them in the different daily affairs you know? mm-hmm. and that could be health issues, um, uh, law issues, all kind of things. Right. And, but uh, we are partners and we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are walking this journey together. So Amen. we are ministering to them and. At uh, the same time, they minister to us, too.
0: That's great. Um, the theme of the Pledge Drive is uh, Seek His Kingdom. And I'm going to give a little plug again for the, the phone number. It's 470-508-1160. Or you can also reach out on your uh, the the website, thequestatlanta.com. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Theme: Seek His Kingdom, um, Father Peter. What What does that that phrase "Seek His Kingdom" mean to you as a priest?
1: Well, as a priest, it means that uh, we are all working together in the building of the Kingdom of God, and we all have to work and uh, side by side. Not only the priest, the clergy, but all the people of God by baptism, we all. Um, uh, are members of the same body of Christ, so the clergy has a special uh, task and mission also, Mm -hmm. not just the duty of the priest to to work for the building of the kingdom, but all the baptized are called to work together toward this end.
0: And I know we're going to get to your recognition that you had a, a vocation and i know that that was an important part the idea of seeking his kingdom was an important part of your vocation but i wanted to ask you how how do you help your parishioners whether at saint jude or the hispanic community that you're serving uh seek his kingdom how do you best do that as a priest
1: well initially is through the word mm-hmm. through the word of god yeah. and uh we try to right now working with the evangelization the new evangelization and um and so we start out with a uh, a retreat Mm -hmm. in which we announce the charisma the the first announcement of the gospel and then we get together in small communities and we start working and uh, with them teaching them the catechism, the Bible, and uh, so that they may know more about their, their faith, because sometimes we are Catholics by tradition, but mm-hmm. not by conviction. Yeah. And we don't know much about our faith. Yeah, I think so, I was guilty of that yeah. for many, many years. Yeah. So I, there wasn't very...
0: a radio station like like uh, <laughs> the Quest when I was growing up that I could hear in on. And um, by the way, let me, let me uh, mention the phone number again 470. Um, 470- Five zero eight eleven sixty, or thequestatlanta.com dot If you uh, if you'd like to help support this mission over the over the coming um, coming year, we'd greatly greatly appreciate it. Um, Father, what I wanted to chat about a little bit more is is sort of the the journey as you're moving towards um, your background which led you to considering being a priest. You mentioned earlier that you grew up in Colombia. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what it was like growing up in Colombia?
1: Well, Colombia is, you know, we all talk wonders about our our countries, right? (laughs) For me, it's a wonderful country, very nice, beautiful people. And uh, it's a very Catholic country. Uh, But again, uh, sometimes we... Uh, don't know much about our faith, but we live out, uh, uh through, uh, popular religiosity, you know, expressions mm-hmm. of our faith, but did not, people don't really know much about, uh, the, the teachings of the, of the church. And, um, so I started my journey, uh, in the practice mainly, before I knew more about the Catholic teachings, and um, can, can I ask you, and
0: I, I definitely want to get there, because that's, that's the heart of what I wanted to chat with you about. I want to ask you a little bit about like your family. Was your family um, practicing Catholics? Um, were they strong Catholics themselves, or what was it like within your immediate family?
1: We, yeah, we uh, my family is a yeah, practicing. Yeah. Catholic family. Uh, but I would say that I got my. Uh, I was in- inspired initially by my grandmother, who mm-hmm. was uh, always very active in the church and, uh, and uh, working and um, uh, in the church with other ladies and doing all all kind of charity work in in the community. And that was something that really inspired me um, because they were able to reach more people through their uh, service in the church. And um, so she was very involved, and she used to take me to church as uh, often as she could. Mm -hmm. So I learned from her a lot about... The church and about um, their service yeah. in the church. Yeah. Uh, speaking of
0: inspiration, if you're uh, our listeners, if you're inspired by listening to the quest, if you uh, if you if you could and if you find it in your heart and you want to support this radio station, which is serving a great mission here in the Atlanta area, don't hesitate to call four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty or thequestatlanta.com. dot com.
2: And just a reminder to everybody, we do have a match of two thousand dollars. So nice. if you want to donate now, your dollars will be doubled. So please give us a call, uh four seven oh five oh eight eleven sixty or go to thequestatlanta.com. dot com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Rachel. Um so your your grandmother was a big influence on you. She Definitely she uh attended mass regularly and is is she still alive or no, she passed she died years okay. ago yeah. did she pass away before you became a priest did she die before you became a priest or yes she did oh. yes yes i'm sure i'm sure she's smiling down at you from heaven right now I'm sure of that. yeah <laughs> so one thing i wanted to ask because it's always interesting to me I don't, i'm not that well traveled but i've been in various different countries where i've been able to to go to mass and um I'm always interested if there's little kind of unique traditions. Were, were there any unique Catholic traditions in Colombia that maybe aren't practiced here in the United States? Festivals that you support, you know, that you celebrated or things like that that were unique.
1: Yeah, what comes to my mind is expressions of popular religiosity. Mm-hmm. I remember the long uh, uh, processions, especially yeah. during Holy Week, mm-hmm. and uh, and. People very active during that week in, in my country, and uh, so it was a time to celebrate and to come together. I think it's Holy Week is a strong time do, during the uh, during the year uh, for many Colombians, and I would say that in Latin America, people really celebrate, but uh, with strong, uh, large and uh, uh, Long processions mm-hmm. and uh, that's what comes to my mind right now, yeah, and I think that uh, you know people are moved, moved by faith and um, but again, sometimes we may not know much about the the, the teachings you know right. but we just our faith moves us, and I think that uh having uh, this tool like the quest you know Amen. is a great Amen. tool for people to get informed about our own faith, you know, so that our faith uh, may have meaning Mm -hmm. so that we know exactly what we are doing, not just by... But sometimes we just practice and do many things, but we don't know what lies underneath and why we do things. And I think that, you know, having this tool as the quest uh, really help us to understand more about our faith, and I think that uh, it is very important that people out there may consider to to pledge today because it's a great tool, (laughs) actually. Good plug. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. and I'll remind you of the phone number.
0: It's 470-508-1160 or thequestatlanta.com. You know, and I know for myself sometimes, you know, you have these various moods, as a Catholic, where you know you're feeling very close to God, other times you're maybe not feeling as close as as you want to be. It may be sin in your life, or you're just not you're not praying enough, or, or something along along those lines. Um, and I think that's one of the things I, I've picked up just because of the various program programming they have here. You know, like the other day I had a bad day and was on the way home and they were doing the rosary. And it was just what I needed uh, just to sort of calm me down and kind of get back in the right place, right frame of mind. And so that's one of the great things. The Quest has this, they have various different programming that kind of can catch the mood that you might be in. Um, and again, that phone number heres five zero eight eleven sixty.
2: All right, so it looks like we are starting to get some donors in. Thank you so much to David M. from Duluth, uh, George K. from Atlanta, and Kirsten H. from Alpharetta. Um, thank you guys so much for your donations. Please, call in if you are listening to The Quest, like George was saying, and, and maybe the programs have really moved you and you want to keep hearing great Catholic content like that, please, this is the perfect hour to call 470-508-1160.
3: Thank you. We're going to take a short break here. We'll be right back.
2: All right, we will play a quick clip.
3: There is, I think, a tremendous need and a very urgent need for all of us and and for everyone in the church to see the centrality of Jesus's cross, to see the love that it manifests, and to really understand that our lives are to be a response to this. I have, I don't know how many crucifixes in my office and my house. Almost every wall has at least one for lots of reasons. One is because I don't feel God's love, so I need to see it. But it's also because I want to be reminded of all he's done for me. I have very few memories as a child. I don't have very many memories from this morning, but (laughs) my strongest memory as a child is of the parish church where I grew up and this massive crucifix that we had on the back wall and of just seeing the crucifix on the wall and of knowing I wouldn't have articulated it this way at whatever age I had this memory, I'm sure, but I know it now, of knowing that's God, that happened for me, somehow I have to respond to that. I just knew that, that that was done for me. Much like we talked about two weeks ago when we looked at the person of Jesus, if that happened, the cross, if that happened, it matters. It matters for everyone and it matters for me personally. If he has done that, there's this great need, I think, to see that that is the Lord who has done that for us in love and that our lives are to be a response to this. And I don't need to see this intellectually. I need to know this profoundly. And the Holy Spirit who dwells in you and me, who's been poured into our hearts, He wants to do that. He wants me to experience that the cross was for me. This has incredible ramifications for all of life. Think of something like forgiveness. How different it is to forgive somebody who's wronged you if you don't know that the cross was for you personally. The moment you know the cross was for you personally and that you deserve to be on there, that I deserved to be on there, and I'm not on there, the one who made me is on there, and he's poured out his mercy for me. If I know that, if that's my experience in life, then even as difficult as it is, it flows through me onto the people who wronged me. It can't not. Versus the person who doesn't understand the centrality of the cross, who doesn't know that he's first or she's first been loved by God, who doesn't know the mercy that they've received. Then forgiveness becomes this, you know, kind of mental exercise where I'm going to try to stir up enough willpower. And that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is just letting the mercy of God flow through me, the mercy that I've received from the cross, which I can see even though I rarely feel it. Flip back to Romans, Romans 8. Romans 8. This is a chapter which is worth praying on over and over again. This might be a great passage for us all just to kind of soak ourselves in this week. I'm going to highlight just a a couple verses here. Romans 8, starting in verse 15. He writes to us, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. What fear? Think about that for a moment. What do you suppose the fear is that Paul's alluding to? I think there's two. The first is the fear about God. The Spirit who dwells in you, dwells in you to convince you, otherwise, despite the accusations of the accuser, of Satan, that God is not your enemy. He's not your enemy. He's not the enemy of freedom, the enemy of happiness, the enemy of life. He's not standing over you with an anvil just waiting for you to mess up. He's not a cold, arbitrary judge. He's a loving, merciful Father. Is He just? Absolutely. But He's a merciful, loving Father, The fear that so many of us have, which the devil plays on. We talked about this last week, huh? Especially with all the experiences that we have in life where things go wrong. The fear is that God does not care, that he's not interested in my life. I've been asking and seeking and pounding all of for decades and haven't gotten a crumb. Haven't even had the window slide open. And the devil plays on that to say, see, he's not good. He doesn't care. He's aloof. He may not even be there. If he's there, he's there for someone else, but not for you. The other fear, I think, is about us, that I'm either all alone here, or perhaps more powerfully, that I'm somehow damaged goods. So we sit here and we hear all these great things about the Holy Spirit's been poured into our hearts, and he wants to bring us the experience of the Father's love, and I have no problems whatsoever believing that for you. But I'm damaged goods. I got a checkered pass that's longer than a grocery list for someone who hasn't shopped for a month. And we all feel that way. One of the great retreats given in the papal household, I think it was back in the year 2000 by a Vietnamese archbishop who's deceased now. He was in solitary confinement for more than 10 years in Vietnam. And he had a great line. He was preaching on mercy. And he said, There is no saint who has ever lived, except for Mary, without a past. Not something they were ashamed of. Something they were humiliated by. Something they were embarrassed by. Something they didn't want anyone to know. And there's no sinner, he went on to say, however vile their sin, without a future. There's no such thing as damaged goods. Or if there is, we're all damaged goods. And we're the ones who make the grading scale. God doesn't. God just knows we're all in need. And because we're all in need, we all received the mercy and the redemption which he offers to us in the passion of his son. That wasn't for some of us. That was for all of us. And in fact, the more you understand how damaged you are, then the more you're able to rejoice in the cross and to give thanks that that was precisely for me, that I was heading nowhere. It's one of the cheers of Catholic Central, huh? That was all of our lives. We're going nowhere. And God mercifully broke in and gave us a place where we could go, namely home. So we haven't received this spirit of slavery to fall into fear. We received a spirit of adoption, which cries out, Abba, Father. It is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's not for some of you here tonight or for some of us here tonight. That's for all of us here tonight. You are all children of God, precious in his sight. There's nobody here who's unknown. Nobody blends in in God.
2: All right. So that was a clip from Father John Ricardo's Christ is the Answer. You can hear Christ is the Answer every weekday morning at 8 a.m. here on your Atlanta Catholic Radio, a.m. 1160, The Quest.
0: Thank you, Rachel. In fact, this morning when I was coming up here, I was listening to Father Ricardo. I recommend him highly. Um, Father, one thing I wanted to ask you about was role models that you had when you were growing up in Colombia, priest role models. We talked about your grandmother. Tell me a little bit about the priests that were role models to you when you were growing up in Colombia.
1: What a priest. I got to meet Declaration missionaries in Colombia. And, uh, well, I was not a kid, I was already a teenager. But their witnesses, uh, their work uh, with the community was something that inspired me to become a priest later. Because I, I my understanding was the priests just celebrated the sacraments, but they really did more than that, mm-hmm. and that was something that got my attention, especially yeah. when they get close, living and working with and for the poor, and that was something that really attracted me to religious life.
0: So the works of mercy was an important example to you. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let me uh, put it in a plug for the uh, making a pledge, if, if you find it in your heart. Uh, please call the station at four seven zero five zero eight eleven eleven sixty, or the website is thequestatlanta.com.
2: All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break.
0: In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection
2: now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. Hi, this is Terry Newton with Mustard Seed Communities in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you for listening to AM 1160 The Quest, home of Atlanta Catholic Radio. You can take AM 1160 The Quest with you no matter the location. Listen live any time of day. Discover community resources and submit prayer requests at thequestatlina.com.
1: Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in their spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic radio. There are four great ways to listen to The Quest on your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue
3: with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. We make countless decisions
0: every day. How often do you stop and ask yourself, what's the impact of this decision? Who does it affect? How is it going to affect them? There's a lot to consider when making a decision, especially an important one. And if you want that decision to flourish, there are two things to remember. First, consider the multiple dimensions to the decision you're about
3: to make. Then approach the decision as a virtuous leader or a good steward who recognizes the gifts and resources you have been given and how they can benefit
0: others. That last part was key. We have to take into account the human dignity of each person impacted by our decision. Will they benefit or be harmed in some way?
3: Every decision we make has a ripple effect for eternity. Let's make those decisions flourish for good. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
2: So, you love listening to The Quest, but can't always listen live? No worries. Now with the Quest Atlanta app, you never have to miss out. Listen on demand, submit prayer requests, catch up on the latest headlines, and so much more. Available on the App Store and Google Play today.
1: Please join us in a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil.
0: Uh, welcome back, everybody. This is George Kernick. I'm a parishioner at Christ the King, and I'm here with Father Peter Pedrosa, and we've been talking a little bit about his his journey to the priesthood and the, the meaning of being a priest. Um, we are here in the middle of the spring pledge drive for the quest, and I did want to remind folks that we've got a match this hour we're trying to get to raising $2000 and with a goal of uh 20 calls and the the match is someone is going to be matching if we get $2000 and they'll they'll double it so we'd really appreciate any phone calls that you can any contributions you can give to keep this radio station going with the mission of you know serving God and you know getting the word out to people here in the Atlanta area so please do consider 470-508-1160 theQuestAtlanta dot com. All right, Father Peter, um, we've been talking a little bit about your growing up in in Colombia and your family and your blessed grandmother. Um, I think I told you when we were talking in preparation for this, we were not on, on the air, but you know, one of my absolute best buddies in the Marine Corps was from Colombia, Roberto Paz. Just a fantastic guy. His father was Colombian and his mother was American. But um that was kind of my first real exposure to somebody that was Colombian and uh just a rock rock solid guy. Lo- Love the guy. Unfortunately he he was he was killed in Panama, but just a superb human being. Good Catholic too. Oh, that's Very great. good Catholic, yeah. But I wanted to talk a little bit about you. You were talking about the your experience with the Claritians and how they they more than just being ministers of the sacrament, they were active, very active uh examples as priests. Can you can you share a little bit more with our listeners about how that impacted you seeing the Claritians in action?
1: Yeah, very greatly. Mm-hmm. And um you know, Christ made an option for the poor and this is something they were doing, and I could see they used to work with the less privileged communities in my city. And it was there where I met them, I started to work with them, and I saw how uh, they really got involved with the community. They were not just the leaders of the church who were up there. you know. They were down there with the poor working with them and uh, trying to give them tools to have more opportunities in life. And they used to work work with mothers who were... Head of the, their own families, mm-hmm. and to teach them how to or give them tools to to so that they, c- they could provide for their families, and uh, so they worked with different institutions in the city who came to teach them in this neighborhood where they lived, and uh, so I could see their active work with them, and uh, what, what, yeah, what imp- is is that.
0: Like when you started to think, you know, maybe maybe I would be a priest? Or when did you start thinking that maybe you were supposed to be a priest?
1: At that moment, when okay. I started to to volunteer with them. How old were you then? Uh, I was like um, 18. All right. Yes, 17, 18.
0: And how did you start moving towards the, the priesthood? Did you tell them that you were thinking about being a priest? Or did they say, hey, we see something in you that... Yeah, that th- was what happened. Okay. Yeah. And what... What was it like when they said, "Hey, you know, Peter, we think you could be a good a good priest"? What did you think? Did you think, "No, not me"? Or yeah, maybe. Yeah, at
1: that moment, I was surprised because yeah. I had never thought of that yeah. until they told me, mm-hmm. and then I started to think about it, and then I found that that was something I wanted to do. And,
0: uh, and what did you do then? Yeah, you know, what what were the steps you took once they, once you started thinking, "Yeah, maybe, maybe I would." would like to be a priest. What did you do?
1: Yeah, we have to go through a vocation process. Mm-hmm. And then we go to different encounters nationwide with other guys who are always also uh, trying to discern their vocation. And then at some point we decide that that is something that we would like to do.
0: How long of a period of discernment did you
1: have? It took like around two years.
0: All right. Uh, how did your family react to you thinking about becoming a priest?
1: Well even though they are uh we are Catholics mm-hmm. and practicing Catholics, uh, that was something that it was not uh well received yeah. by them. You know, I come from my family is very small. Mm-hmm. We are just two children. And uh and I'm the youngest. Yeah. And so uh I guess they wanted to have a large family with a lot of grandkids. and uh, They realized that would not happen if you became a priest. That would not happen.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, let me just take, a, since this is a pledge drive, I just want to get the information out there and remind folks again, we have a match. Um, we are going to hopefully have uh, 20 calls in the next hour and hopefully raise at least $2,000. Rachel, I guess you've got something to announce.
2: Yes, I do. All right, so right now we have raised a little over $1,000. So a couple new donors came in. So thank you to Laura K. from Atlanta and Erica D. from Springfield, Virginia. All right, so we've got about 20 minutes left and we're trying to raise $1,000. Can we make that happen, guys? We want to ring this bell in here. So what's that number to call again, George?
0: It's 470-508-1160, or thequestatlanta dot com, and Laura K, I know who you are. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. Um, all right, let's see here. We were talking a little bit about sort of the reaction uh, of your of your family that it took a little bit. Uh, did they get comfortable at, at some point with you? Right now they're happy. Okay. How you don't mind me asking, like how long did it take before they were like this? <laughs> we're, we're on board with this.
1: I think that the the first my first three four years in the seminary probably they thought i was gonna come back home yeah um
0: did you ever think about it, if you don't mind me asking did you ever think i'm not so sure this is what i was called to do yeah at some
1: point yeah at some point yeah because how did you work through that um well i think that joining the seminary is uh it uh, is a uh, life change experience mm-hmm. because you come from a small family then you're living with a larger number of guys that you are not familiar with yeah. and uh in colombia living in a religious uh, community is different we have to share uh the, our bedroom with yeah. other guys so not a lot of privacy uh, no much okay. privacy yeah and um
0: was that uh, was that hard growing up in a small family and all of a sudden be with a bunch of other people? It was it was yeah. hard.
1: Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, you know, I had my own room. Yeah, my own bedroom. I was the boy, and I had a, a I have a sister. Yeah, so we each has had our own rooms, mm-hmm. so we had our own privacy. Yeah, and then coming to the seminary in a religious community in Colombia, it's you had to share everything. Now, at some
0: point you came to the united states for further study is that right
1: yes later T- talk us a about that yes then i was invited by the claritions um, in chicago mm-hmm. to come and join them here and um so i came to the united states uh the formation is different it's more uh in colombia it's more strict yeah you, ha- you have to be with your classmates all the time during mm-hmm. the day uh, but here you have more freedom. Yeah, you have your own bedroom, <laughs> right. so you don't have to share with other guys. Yeah, and uh, so how was the
0: food? Is the food okay?
1: <laughs> well, that wa in Colombia was better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let like, me uh, let me throw the phone number out to folks who are listening to it that want to give a pledge. Uh, it's four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty, or the website is the Quest Atlanta. .com. I know when we were preparing to for this hour, we one of the things that, that I remember you telling me that uh, when you were with the clericians is you started to read the Bible um, more than when you had been growing up. Um, ha, was that an important part of your vocation, is becoming more and more familiar with the Bible? Definitely. Yeah. yeah
1: it's, uh, especially uh, when you read the Acts of the Apostle. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting book. And... Uh, and it's very inspirational. Yeah, uh, it helps you and uh, invites you to really spread the the good news, as Paul did, and uh, and the apostles. And uh,
0: did you did you find by reading the Bible more during your studies that it it, it confirm the the teachings of the church?
1: Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the the Bible is the source of all Catholic teaching. Yeah. And uh, definitely uh, by following, uh, you feel really connected to the Mm -hmm. first uh, disciples uh, and the work they they did. So that's something that uh, you are called to do today. It's just different times, and that message has to be uh, applied and practiced today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a different society. It's a different world we live in now. And, uh, we have to make that word of the Lord, uh, uh, always, um, new and, uh, uh, that is, uh, still active Mm -hmm. and always be active.
0: Yeah. You probably know this, but like the number one, I think podcast in the country is the Bible in a year by father Mike and, uh, yeah, most of my family's been doing that this year, and it's it's really been helpful. Um, and I know my own sort of faith journey that reading the Bible made it easier to be a Catholic. In that, I I started to get it in a way that I didn't really before I became familiar with the Bible. I found it really important. T- tell me if you would, and let me give you the phone number again since we're raising money here: four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty thequestatlanta.com. dot com. If you can find it in your heart to support this fantastic mission, uh please anything you can do to help. And we as we say we've got a match and we're trying to reach twenty calls during this hour. So we'd really appreciate it if you could call in and help us out here. Um when when were you ordained? I was ordained ten years ago. And was it in Chicago or
1: it was in
0: California. Okay, we're in California. San Gabriel. Okay. Um, the and I'm going to ask you how you wound up here in in Atlanta here in in a minute. But one of the things we talked about before in preparation for this hour was uh, you told me that when you were growing up in Colombia, you didn't really think about coming to the United States. That you'd thought about kind of growing up thinking you might go to another country. Can you share a little bit with our listeners about that?
1: It was simply um, English was not my forte. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I wanted. Well, you're doing great now. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So I never thought of coming here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, I was not attracted to, to this country, but I think that. It is said, tell your plans to God to make him laugh. <laughs> That's true. And uh, yeah, that was not in my plans. Yeah. And uh, But I ended up here and I'm very yeah. happy to be here. It's a great country uh, with great people. So I feel blessed to be here. Great.
0: Rachel, you got some good news for us?
2: Yeah, I got a couple new donors. And I just want to say a thank you again to all of the donors from this hour. So thank you to David M. from Duluth, George K. from Atlanta, Kirsten H. from Alpharetta, Laura K. from Atlanta, Erica D. from Springfield, Virginia, Mary M. from Baldwin, Missouri, and John H. from Atlanta. Now, guys, remember, we've got this $2,000 match here that we're trying to get to, and we've only got about 15 minutes left in the hour, so please, we are calling on you to call in, call 470-508-1160, or go to thequestatlanta.com. Now... Maybe you're listening to this and you have a similar story. Maybe you feel a call to the mm-hmm. priesthood, um, or maybe you also... <laughs> Ended up in America and never thought you'd be here. Maybe you're not. You're listening and you're not even in America and you're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio. I know we've got some listeners. I see the stats over here on my end when we get listeners from other countries. So please yeah. go on and call in. Actually, if you're out of the country, why don't you just go to thequestatlanta.com, hit that donate button and support us this hour. Your donations will go twice as far and we are just so grateful to all of our listeners and all of our donors. Feel free to put in a comment. Maybe you want us to pray for something for you. Maybe want to give a shout out to your home city if you're not from Atlanta. So go on, call in that number again is 470-508-1160.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Rachel. That's great. Um Father Peter says if we don't meet the uh the threshold here uh the match, I've got to walk home. So I'd really appreciate if y'all would uh please please call and donate. We'd appreciate. It. I'm I'm kidding, of course, but um so you got ordained in California, and then at some point, you came here to the diocese in Atlanta. Tell, tell me a little bit about that journey.
1: Yeah, I was ordained in California, um, but I went there just for my ordination. I didn't live there or okay. was in formation there. My formation was all in Chicago. Um, was that the clericians? Were they yes. in? Okay, they're yes. in California. We happened to have an encounter, a retreat. Mm-hmm with the members of the coalition u.s province there in california and uh so the ordination took place there um but then i was assigned to uh corpus christi here in stone mountain Ah, okay yeah it was the first time i came to to the georgia area okay and um so initially uh, i didn't like the place much Mm -hmm. but again it grows on you, Daddy. That did surprise me, and I fell in love with Stone Mountain, yeah. with the people. And actually, you know, in my journey, I have found out that what makes places special are the people.
0: Couldn't agree more. You yeah. could
1: be in a beautiful, great place, yeah. modern, mm-hmm. but you, you need to have someone to share it with mm-hmm. you know, a moment, a place. Yeah. And uh, so. People are the ones who make places yes. yeah, interesting and wonderful and beautiful.
0: I, I could not agree more. When I my wife's from Atlanta, she was born and raised. Um when I first came down, it just took a while, but I am the biggest booster of the the Atlanta area now. I just absolutely love it. I love the people. Um I you feel like the Catholic Church is is uh it's got momentum. There's a lot of exciting things going on, a lot of faithful Catholics. You don't feel like a fish out of water, which I kinda of felt when I first moved down yeah. here about twenty twenty five years ago. So it is exciting to be here in this exciting time. But and um
1: so it is say, George, that home is where your family is. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and we are all members of the same family, the yeah. Catholic family the Christian family. Yeah. And I think that wherever you go you're gonna find a member of your family and you're gonna feel at home. Yeah. You know, whenever you feel that uh, Welcome from other people and yeah. their embrace, their uh, charity, yeah. their love. It just make you feel at home, definitely.
0: I wanted to ask you, uh, let me give the phone number since we just have a few short minutes. Um, 470-508-1160 or thequestatlanta.com. And we would gratefully take any contribution you can make to keep this mission alive rachel you got something we
2: are about seven hundred dollars away from our match so keep it coming guys you're doing great um we did just get another donor thank you to Catherine t from alpharetta Catherine says hi to father peter and says you're doing great so please call (laughs) in yes seven hundred dollars away 470-508-1160
3: very
0: objective opinion there father i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much yeah that's great um one thing I'd like to ask, and I want to stay out of the political, we've had too much politics in this country for too long, in my humble opinion, but I did want to ask a little about serving the Hispanic community. What For for folks who are not part of the Hispanic community, but part of the larger Catholic community, what would you like us to know about some of the, the challenges in the Hispanic community that you're trying to meet as a priest? Um
1: to make them feel welcome. Yeah. I think that uh, sometimes that they don't feel welcome and uh and I think that we really need more education about the whole Hispanic uh situation here mm-hmm. in the United States. I think it is important to get to know them better, yeah, to understand why we are here. Where we come from, where we want to get to, uh, but I think that uh, we need to get to know the Hispanic community better. Yeah, I know. I've told you, like,
0: for me growing up, there was not a large Hispanic community, and the first real time I started to spend time with. People from the Hispanic community was in the Marine Corps. You know, I had close friends that were there, my platoon sergeant, my squad leaders. Uh that was the the first real time. And there is this common value system, this Catholic faith that, that we had in common that was a real binding force that I found. And uh and that's that's kind of our call, isn't it, as as lay people, to step back from politics and always remember that person's a human being and and they're a child of God, and they deserve to be loved um and that's something we in the Catholic larger Catholic community need to be aware of, and that's not a political statement that's a that's a Catholic statement is, is
1: that fair Of course, yeah. the Bible says the Lord hears the cry of the poor, and yeah. we need to hear that cry too, yeah, and you know if you read the the, the Gospels, Jesus was always there for those nobody cared for mm-hmm. and he made a special option for them yeah uh, he was always uh, talking to those who didn't believe in his same god or those who were considered sinners or uh, those who were ill and uh, mm-hmm. it was believed that ill people uh, they were ill because of the sins they had committed but jesus came to show a different face of god which is love mm-hmm. and uh so he wants to let them know that they were loved yeah by god no matter what yeah
0: yeah i wanted to ask you let me give the phone number again so we since we just have a few more number uh a few more minutes it's four seven zero i'm george kernick i'm here with father peter we're having a good conversation about vocation um i did want to ask you about the impact of the pandemic on the the church over the last year and as a priest. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the, the challenges you've faced during this time period uh, as a priest during the pandemic?
1: Um, well, for me particularly, um, I don't have family here right. in the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, so my family are my parishioners. And uh, not being able to see them was really hard for me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew, I know that, uh, you know, we started to work uh, with Zoom, with Zoom, which is a great tool for us during this pandemic, that we were able to keep our ministries going, meeting virtually. That was great. hmm but uh, we really need that contact, yeah. The presence of others, and uh, that was something that for me uh, I needed mm-hmm. in the beginning, because uh, again they are my family, right? And, and um, so it was hard in the beginning. It was a great challenge, mm-hmm. and also uh, getting to know that they were having a lot of challenges not being able to go and work and yeah provide for the family so that was really hard yeah so it it affected the pandemic really affected us all in different ways yeah rachel you've got some good news for us yes we just
2: got another donor right now uh thank you to carol s Uh, Carol just called in and we are almost out of time. So that number again is 470-508-1160, please. We've got a couple minutes left of the hour. We're about to go to break, but please go on and call in.
0: Yeah, please do. Um, We're going to be winding up here. Is is this a good time for us to wind up? All right. What I'd like to do, if we could, is just uh, how about we end on a prayer for vocations. Would you mind leading us in a prayer for vocations throughout the
1: church? My pleasure. Well, we pray, O Lord, today for more laborers to your kingdom so that many more men and women may respond to your call to serve him, especially in religious life. May the Lord inspire your men and women to follow in his footsteps so that they may show the real face of God in this world, his face that is love. We pray for vocations to priesthood, religious life, so that we may, through our experience and example of life, may the face of Jesus Christ shine in the middle of the darkness that we live in this world at this moment. We pray to our Mother Mary that also may accompany us in this process so that we may look at her as a model, an example of discipleship and try to imitate her in all what we do. We ask in the name of Jesus, the Lord, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Rachel, thank you for all your help today. We really, really, really appreciate it. Father Peter, time has flown by. I'm very, thank very George. grateful. And I'm going to be, unless people start calling in, I'll, be, I'll start walking home. Okay. <laughs> <All> <laughs> Thanks, right. everybody. Stay
2: tuned. 470-508-1160.